The dimly lit room. Candles flicker. Two figures sit opposite each other at a table. One is an elderly lady wearing a puffy sleeve blouse, bright red headscarf and a long flowing dress. She has her head held back and her eyes closed. This is Gertrude. Sitting opposite her is Amber, a woman in her thirties who is waiting eagerly for the elderly lady to speak. Finally, Gertrude lowers her head and fixes Amber with an intense stare. There is sadness in your past, she says. Amber nods. Much, she mumbles. Great pain, loss. Amber nods slowly as she becomes upset. You have suffered a great deal. However, there is hope for you. You seek love. I do. I did. But it's too late for me. I can never find happiness again. No, you are wrong. Love is waiting for you. I'm closer than you could possibly imagine. When you leave me, you will immediately find love. Downstairs in this public house will be the soulmate who you so desperately crave. Hiding behind a curtain at the back of the room is Greg. He has a mag-like torch in his mouth and is delicately making notes in a pocketbook while listening to Gertrude and Amber's conversation. His notes read, sad, loss, brackets, bereavement, dot, 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 cat, exclamation mark, question mark, close brackets, find love in bar. Reacting to Gertrude's proclamation that true love is only a flight of stairs away, Amber exclaims, that's impossible. It is foretold! responds Gertrude somewhat angrily, shocking Amber who apologises and explains that she simply can't believe it to be true. Believe or do not believe, it changes nothing. When you leave our conference, you'll find in the snug of the bar downstairs your ideal man, woman, interrupts Amber, woman, who will become your life partner. Behind his curtain, Greg grimaces as Gertrude makes the man-woman gaffe, then slowly puts away his pocketbook, pencil and torch. He leaves silently through a concealed door, making his way downstairs to the bar. He scans the room. It's fairly empty save a few afternoon drinkers. He wanders around in increasing anxiety until he spots a young woman returning from the toilet. He approaches her, charmingly introduces himself and explains that he needs her help. He produces some cash. She looks a little bewildered but then shrugs, accepts the money and allows Greg to lead her to the snug. Upstairs, Gertrude and Amber's consultation is coming to an end. The gifts I possess are impossible for most to understand. They are an ancient mystery. I was chosen by fate to have the ability, the ability to see the future. That's £50, dear. Tell your friends. Find us on Instagram. Greg is now behind the bar looking at his laptop. He's scrolling through news reports and social media posts about the remarkably accurate predictions of a fortune teller based at the Salutation Inn and the resulting boom in business at the pub. Amber enters the bar and heads to the snug. Greg watches as Amber locks eyes with the young woman he spoke to earlier and the two begin to awkwardly chat. Greg smiles to himself. A little later that day, another fortune-telling session is in progress. This time, Gertrude is talking to a middle-aged man. He's clearly going through a difficult time. His once-impressive suit is ragged. He is unshaven and looks to be at the end of his tether. Gertrude reassures him that all is about to be well. Your money worries will soon be over. Fate will provide for you. Leave here with a happy heart, knowing that the money you cross my palm with now will be returned to you tenfold. Outside the pub, Greg looks sadly at a large wad of cash. 
He handles it one last time before putting it into a plastic bag which he ties around the wing mirror of a car. He retreats into a doorway just in time to see the middle-aged man approach the car and unlock it. The man notices the bag, looks inside and begins to cry joyfully as he realises he has found deliverance. Greg watches angrily and walks away. The final session of the day is with Pearl. I can't believe my own brother would treat me this way. We're flesh and blood, but he doesn't care. He's taken everything my mum left and he doesn't care that I have nothing. I hate him. I'll never forgive him. Worry not. Soon your brother will no longer be able to hurt you. How? What do you mean? He will die. Greg, sitting in his hiding place behind the curtain, reacts with silent shock. Die? He will meet with an unfortunate accident. Greg closes his eyes and nods in acceptance. Later, Greg is sat in a car, waiting in a side street as Pearl's brother drives along the main road in an expensive Audi, window down and music blaring. Suddenly, Greg pulls out in front of the Audi, forcing it to do an emergency stop. It's too late. The Audi hits Greg's car and Pearl's brother is thrown forward, violently hitting his head on the steering wheel. Greg exits his car and walks up to the Audi. Looking through the open window, he sees Pearl's brother, still and lifeless. Greg smiles, thinking that he has successfully fulfilled Gertrude's prediction. However, Pearl's brother begins to groan and sits up. Holding his head, he looks at Greg. Help me, he says quietly. Greg looks at his pathetic victim and considers his options. He looks around and, noticing there's no one there to witness the following, he grabs the helpless driver's head and bashes it several times into the steering wheel the last impact causing the airbag to deploy. He stands back, has another look around and leaves, wiping his bloodied hands on his trousers. The next night, the salutation inn is doing a roaring trade and Greg is happily serving at the bar, chatting away to his customers, every inch the amiable publican. Two police officers, one in uniform, one not, enter the pub and approach the bar. They have a brief conversation with a surprised but quickly accepting Greg and then lead him away. Gertrude is sat in the corner of the pub, watching these events unfold. She's not wearing a fortune-telling gear, but the clothes of a normal, respectful older lady. Once Greg and the police officers have left, Gertrude makes her way behind the bar, clears away some discarded glasses and rings the bell. Time, gentlemen, please, she says. 